Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. And a happy Father's Day to all those who are. God bless you. It's a wonderful opportunity, a tremendous privilege. I want to talk about that today. I like Father's Day because it gives me an opportunity to get on the guys. So my wife's shaking her head. But I go, yeah, she says, you can be nice to them on Father's Day. I'll be nice to Mother's but we're, it's one of the greatest responsibilities on the earth is to be a, a father, the kind of father that God has called us to be. Not worldly, not, not the fathers that world the world, but the, father, the fathers that God, by his spirit, has called us to be. So I just want to share some of that this morning. Father, I, th- I just thank you. I bless you, Lord. I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to come together. Brothers and sisters of the children of God coming together to worship you, Lord, to spend time with you, to make time for you, to, to lift up our voices to you and praise you and worship you, to feed on your word, to be strengthened and encouraged. I thank you for those who came here today. I bless them in the name of Jesus. Bless them, Father. Bless their families. Bless their finances. Bless, their, bless them physically. Bless them emotionally. Bless them in every way, Father. Encourage them and lift them up in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Okay, ladies, you can get your phones out and just play something while I get on the guys for a while. One of the greatest revelations that God gave in Scripture is that he is a father. You don't see God as father in the Old Testament. You see him as God Almighty, El Shaddai. You see him as Adonai, the, the Lord, the Lord God, the Lord and Master. You see him as Lord of the Host. It is, you see, but you don't really see him. The revelation of him wasn't really given as a father in the, in the Old Testament. But when Jesus came, Jesus began to relate to, to God as the Father. And he taught us to see him in a whole different light, to relate to him as our Father. He taught us to pray, our Father, to call out to him, to see him as our father, the one in heaven who takes care of us. And then I was thinking, if God, if God is father to all creation, which he is, then all that God is, his attributes, his character, his ways, his, everything about him, the, they, the, they are the characters and the ways of a true father. If God is a father, then the way he is, is the way fathers should be. So when God created the world, he made a man and a woman. He told them to be fruitful and multiply. And when they came together, they produced children. And God gave them, the man and the woman, he gave them the same name. He called the man a father, and he called the woman a mother. He gave them the same name as him. And so I don't think that's any coincidence. God gave the man the same name as his because we, men, are supposed to be like God, to our creation like he is to his creation. We're supposed to be God to our creation, like God to our, like he is to his. And as such, in order to fulfill that role, 
earthly fathers have been given great authority by God. But with great authority comes great responsibility. And I tell you, you know, whatever I think about what a father is, whatever I go over like notes for this kind of a message, it really puts me, uh, makes me reflect on my own life, my own, my own ways of, uh, of treating my wife and my children. Am I being the father that God's called me to be? And it's very important to me that I am because it's, it's, it's what God has called. It's the greatest calling in the world is to be a father, to be responsible for, for the lives of eternal beings. You know, when we, when, when we make babies, that we, we've created something that's going to live forever. That child is going to live forever, either in heaven or in hell. So that child is going to live forever somewhere. We've created something eternal. And it's our responsibility as fathers to make sure that they, that they spend eternity with heaven, in heaven. So many times the problem is men want to exercise the authority that God has given them without taking on the character, the attributes, and the ways of a heavenly father. They just want to be the boss, but they don't want to be who God's called them to be. And, father, you know, fathers, by their relationship with us, they give us a sense of identity, a sense of security, and a sense of self-worth, you know. As far as as far as as far as identity, it's you know I'm the son of so and so. I'm so and so's son. I don't think they do that too much anymore. But it used to be very important who you were, who your father was, who your family was, the family you come from. Belong. It's a, it's a it, it really it makes you aware that you belong to a family. And spiritually, when we come to God, we should not have an identity crisis. We should know who we are. I'm a child of God. We should be secure in that. God loves me. He's my father. He cares for me. He affirms me. In 1 John chapter 3, it says, See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God, and such we are. I don't know, I don't know if that hits you, but it hits me. I'm a child of God. God God is my heavenly father. And that's my home. You know, home is where your father is. And one day I'm going home. I'm not ready to go yet. I'm going to be a while. But one day I'm going to go home. I'm going to spend, and my father's going to welcome me home. I'm going to spend eternity in the presence of God, my father. He's given me my sense of self-worth. He's given me a sense of identity. I'm a child of God. I'm not just someone on the earth roaming around who's going to die and go in the grave. I'm going to go to heaven and be with God. Fathers give us a sense of self-worth. How many people have low, low self-esteem, a low opinion of themselves, and they're very insecure because how they were treated by their fathers? You know, Galatians 4.4 says we, when we come to God, we, have, we, we, we come to a spirit of adoption which says, Abba, Father. A sp- it's a spirit of adoption. And you know, something about adopted children, they're, they're wanted, they're chosen, you know. They're not an accident. When you adopt somebody, it's because you go after them. You, you say, I want that one, and I want it to be mine. And God wants us to have that spirit of adoption, knowing that we've been, we've been taken into the family of God, and we're to his children forever and ever. And fathers give us a sense of security. They watch over us. They provide for us. They protect us. I really think a family always feels more secure when dad's around than when he's not. I know my daughter, Sherry, when so years ago, when her husband got a job and he was traveling a lot, and she said, you know, I don't, I'm not afraid 
But I always, it's always better when, when he's home. I always feel just a little bit insecure when he's gone. It's something that's not here. The, our protector is not here. But when he's home, it makes a difference. And that's we are. Fathers give us a sense of security that, that he's, you know, big, strong dad is here and nothing can happen to me. So our understanding of God may be limited or warped by dysfunctional fathers who neglected us, who were absent, uncaring or unloving, who abused us. Maybe they were angry or critical or physically or emotionally abusive. And it hurts people. They, it, causes, it brings a dysfunction into their lives. Every father represents a God to his children, whether, whether he's aware of it or not, whether he wants to be or not, he does. It, it's, to be a good father is one of the greatest achievements for any man. To succeed in the world and to fail as a father is to fail. Because you can't take your money to heaven with you, but you can take your children. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. It says, Christ is the head of man. Man is the head of a woman. Men are supposed to be submitted to Christ. Christ is the head of a man. The man is the head of a woman. And God is the head of Christ. Men need to be submitted to God and submitted to, have, to, his, to, submitted to Christ so that he can be the, the man of the house, the father that God has called him to be. God wants us to be wise and loving, kind and forgiving. He wants us to be like him. He wants us to be like Jesus. I've often said this to men. You want, men, you want to lead? You want to be the head? Then lead in humility. Lead in serving. Lead in laying down your life. Lead in forgiveness. Lead in meekness. All the characteristics of Christ. If Lead in apologizing. Lead in forgiving. You know, say you're sorry when you have to, even if you don't have to. Sometimes I say to my wife, I'm sorry for what I did. I don't even know what I did, but I know I upset her. Anybody else help me? I, I mean, I can tell that I've done something, but, you know, I don't always have a clue to what I've done, but I know I've done something, so I, I know I need to apologize, so I do. Instead of saying, what's your problem? You know, no, I say, honey, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to upset you. I know I did. And I'm thinking, I hope she tells me so I won't do it again. But we need to be that way with, as men. We need to be humble. In Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He says, for I'm meek and humble. I'm, I'm humble and meek. And that's the way God wants us to be. God wants us as men. It's, and you say, so, well, if, I, if I'm that way, my wife will just walk all over me. No, she won't. She'll love you. She'll respect you better. She really will. She'll respect you for, 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 for your godly attitude. And she'll be the wife that you want her to be. I've often said to men, you want your wife to treat you like a king. Treat her like a queen first, and she'll respond in kind. But that's, that's marriage counseling. That's not father. So we'll get back on, on the fatherhood. But every father represents God to his children. Men who want to follow, excuse me, men who don't want to follow God and follow God's ways are missing one of the greatest callings in their life. They really are. Fathers represent God to their families in three ways. I just want to touch on this. And I, this is something that I learned years ago from listening to Derek Prince. 
But fathers represent their to God to their families in three ways: as a priest, as a prophet, and as a king. As a priest, the father represents or presents his family to God. As a prophet, he re he represents God to his family, and as a king, he governs his family on behalf of God. Now, I understand that there's a lot of families where there's no no mention of God. You know, I was thinking this the other day. I used to, I had a guy in us. I used to fly with a guy. I won't say his name. But uh, our squadron commander, I, th I told us to Darren on the way home, driving home. We did a lot of driving on Friday. We went down and back. And one day it was a long day, but it was a good day. But I told him, he said, my, my old squadron commander used to say, you need to know your emergency procedures like the Lord's Prayer. Every airplane has what they call emergency procedures that had to be committed to memory. You can't, you, there's some things you don't have time to flip through a checklist and see what's, you have to be able to respond. So there's about a dozen of them that, that, are, that are essential that you had to commit to memory. And our squadron commander used to say, you have to know your emergency procedures like the Lord's Prayer. Well, one day, we're sitting up in Maine on alert. We had a, a detachment in Maine. We'd had two airplanes on alert up at Loring Air Force Base. And myself and this other guy were, we're sitting on alert, and he comes to me. He he comes to me. He says, "You know what? You know what, uh, Colonel So and So? You know what he said about our emergency procedures? Like you need to know them, like the Lord's Prayer." Ha 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 ha! And we try to make light of it. He said, "What's the Lord's Prayer?" And I thought, somebody. I just ran into somebody who doesn't know. Everybody on the planet knows the Lord's Prayer, but I guess he didn't. And so there was wherever he grew up, there was no church. There was no mention of God. He didn't know what the Lord's Prayer was. And so I told him. I tried to tried to witness to him, but and uh, but we need to. But I don't know how did I get on that. Oh no, I'm not gonna talk about. Oh yeah, and then he was really mad at God because his he had a dog that was like 14 or 15 years old. This old dog. He was he was getting ready to, to die. But he wanted God to do a miracle, keep his dog alive like forever. And he was mad at God because God wouldn't heal his dog. And I said, God, you, you're mad that God won't heal your dog, but you, you've, never, you've never given your life to God. You've never trusted God for, for anything. You've never asked him for anything. So it's important. I don't know how, how did I get on that. Anyway. I can't hear. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Some some families don't have God. There's no. I mean, there's no mention of God. But I'm talking about families that do, that believe in God, that have have things to do with God. The father, first of all, the father is a, is a priest. He covers his family in prayer and intercession. As a priest, he he represents or he presents his family to God. I remember when Joe Ryan, Joe and Terry Ryan were a wonderful couple that lived here in Rome. They had 14 children. And his son was eulogizing him at his funeral. And he said, you know, I used to go over to see my dad almost every single day. And one day I went over uh, uh, earlier than I normally would go. And when I got to the house, I walked up to the, they had a, an enclosed porch on the front of the house. So I got up to the house and I looked inside and I could see my dad on his knees on that front porch praying for his children. I thought, That's, that, that was Joe Ryan. 
He was a godly man. He prayed for his children. Job prayed for his children. Fathers are responsible for the spiritual atmosphere in their home. You know, Jewish, I, I was told that Orthodox Jewish families on the Sabbath when they go to, when they go to synagogue, you almost always see the father at the head leading his family. If there's a kid in a stroller, he's, the father's pushing the stroller, but he's leading his family to synagogue, saying, I'm, gonna, I, I'm the father, you're going to do what I say, we're going to church, or we're going to synagogue, we're going to serve God. This family's going to be a godly family. And that's the way fathers need to be. Fathers need to take the initiative and say, this is a, we're going to church on Sunday. I know when our kids were at school, when our kids were away at college, they'd come home and they'd crash. They were like, they'd been up for God only knows how long. And they could hardly, they could hardly keep their eyes open. But when you came home for a visit in our house, if it's Sunday, you were going to church. And I'd get up and we'd make our kids get up and they'd come to church and they'd sleep through my message. But at least they were there. I, I don't want to look at all. But, that, but that's, that's the responsibility of fathers. Saying, we're, we're, this family's going to serve God. This family, you know, in, in Acts chapter 16, the Philippian jailer, he, he got saved. He brought, he brought the Apostle Paul to his house. And he said, when the Apostle Paul said, you'll be saved, you and your house, believe in the Lord, you'll be saved, you and your house. He, 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 that's the father that's going to lead. And Benny Hinn tells us, Benny Hinn tells a, a story of his, his own home. Benny Hinn was a stutterer when he grew up. And his father, and when he turned, when he gave his life to the Lord, the Lord healed him and, he was, and he, he was preaching. And his father found out he was preaching. He said, I'm going to go and listen. So he went and listened to Benny. And when he saw Benny preaching without stuttering, he was so impressed by what God did for his life. He said, I came home that night. And he says he lined up my three other brothers. And he, and he said, pointed to him, Henry and two others, and he said, you, you, and you, you're going to be like him. So he said, you're going to be, you're going to be like him. You're going to accept the Lord. And they all did, and they were all, they were all in the ministry. But it was the Father that, that fathers, fathers lead, and that's what we have to do. We have to lead the way God wants us to be. Lead our families to the Lord. Israel was in Egypt. When Israel was coming out of Egypt, the last, the last event that happened was the Passover. They had to slay the animal and put the blood on the doorposts and lintels of the house. Who was responsible for putting the blood on the doorposts and lintels? The father. The father did it. The father was the leader. He didn't, he didn't delegate that to the wife. He did it. And so that's the way fathers are, function as a priest. They present their families to God. They pray for them. They lead them in spiritual ways. In Hosea chapter 4, In Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, there's a scripture that we, we, we don't, we quote part of it a lot of times. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And a lot of times we quote, you know, it says in Hosea, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But listen to what else it says. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being my priest. Since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. And he says, if you don't follow me, then your children will also suffer. And that's a problem. You know, so many times our children are suffering because the fathers haven't been the father we're supposed to be. So, next the father 
as a prophet. As a prophet, he represents God to his family. Fathers are called to lead their families to the Lord in the ways of God. A father represents God to his family. He may not even realize it. He may not do it well, but he does. Whether he wants to or not, every child forms their first impressions about God from its father. If the father is warm and loving and affirming and easy to talk to, that child will find it easy to come to God. But if the father is harsh, demanding, controlling, unable to please, or maybe he's cold and uncaring, unresponsive, or abusive, that child will think of God that way. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Fathers, raise your children in the wisdom and admonition of the Lord. Ultimate responsibility for spiritual upbringing is the father's. Now, obviously, the mother also plays a major role, but primarily the responsibility lays with the fathers. Fathers today, many of them, have neglected that responsibility. We leave it to the mothers or we leave it to the church. And then if a child grows up rebellious and gets into trouble, everyone else is to blame except them. It's, It's critical that we as fathers love our children and raise them right. In Ephesians, it says, don't provoke your children to anger. In Colossians chapter 3, it says, do not exasperate your children. Don't discourage them. Don't, by being harsh, by being unduly critical, demanding, and un, un, unable to please. You know, fathers that are just really harsh, it, it causes your children to be dysfunctional. They grew up, they grew up emotionally uh, with some emotional disabilities. They have low self-esteem or very, very little self-motivation, or else they're angry and rebellious. And a lot of times they're that way because the way they were treated as children. It leaves a wound in their spirit that's very disabling. Fathers need to give spiritual leadership, but not always, not always in a religious way. You know, when I say spiritual leadership, it's, not always, it's all about prayer and prayer and Bible reading. We're going to have a family, what a lot of people call it the family altar. We're going to have a family time of prayer, a family time of Bible reading. That's fine if you want to do it. But primarily, you, fathers show their, show their godliness by the way they live. Let your children see you as a man of God, a, a man of prayer, a man who's loving and forgiving, who's gentle, helpful, who's loving their mother. You know, I often said this too. It's like every girl should grow up saying, not that she wants to marry her father, but every girl should grow up saying, I want to find a man who's going to treat me like my father treated my mother. We have an opportunity to show real godliness in our lives to our children and our family by how we live. In Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, listen to what it says in, in verse 18. I hear pages flipping. You shall therefore, verse 18, you shall therefore impress these words of mine on your heart and on your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead, and you shall teach them to your sons, talking of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk along the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates that your days 
so that your days and the days of your sons may be multiplied on the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens remain above the earth. So it was important. The fathers were invoked. The fathers were encouraged to let the word become a central theme in, in their lives. Spend time with your children. Do things together with them. Don't be overbearing or some kind of a spiritual ogre that makes children not want to read, don't want to follow God, but love them, be a godly father to them, and they'll follow God with you. I've often said to parents, say yes to your children whenever you can. Don't be, don't be so restrictive. Say yes every, as often as you can because there are times where you're going to have to say no. But they won't feel, they won't feel all bound up if you give them some liberty. And finally, a father as king. He leads his family on behalf of God. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, it talks about a man who wants to be a leader of God's people, who wants to be an elder or a deacon. And it says in verse 4 and 5, the man is expected to rule his household well. And rule doesn't necessarily mean just to give orders and to dominate, but it means to stand at the head to protect, to rule, yes, but also to stand at the head and to protect. It means he's out in front, leading, protecting, setting an example for his family. He stands between his family and the pressures of life. Governing means that you set boundaries along with your wife, how much TV they should watch, what music they can listen to, things like that. Kids need boundaries. They need supervision. We're not to be overbearing and controlling but setting standards and guidelines that the whole family can follow. In Genesis chapter 18, it says that Abraham, that God chose Abraham to be the head of a new race that would lead to salvation eventually of the, of the whole world. And he did it because he knew he would command his children after him to follow the Lord. A man is responsible to say, this is what we'll do and this is what we won't do in this house. To make reasonable rules, Abraham is a pattern of all believers, not just in faith, but also as a father. He was a godly father. The opposite, is, the opposite of Abraham is Lot. He brought his family into a sinful environment and paid the price for it eventually. When fathers fail spiritually, they bring the family under a curse, and we don't want that. We want the blessings of God. Finally, in Malachi chapter 4. This is the last two scriptures in the Old Testament. In Malachi chapter 4, it says, Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. Malachi sees one of the greatest problems of our time is divided, strife-filled, torn, torn homes, homes that are ripped apart, homes that are... And I tell you, the enemy has made great strides in this country over the last 50 or 60 years or so, in breaking families apart, bringing separation, 
It's a terrible plague in our, kid, our country. Children and parents at odds with each other. It has to change. We have to become a fa the family unit has to be restored so that our nation will not come under a curse. And much of the responsibility of that falls with fathers. Men who abandon their families have to repent and, and before God and start serving God, start walking after God, start being the man of God that God's called you to be. God chose Abraham because he trusted the type of father he would become. He became a mighty nation. But the opposite is true. Where fathers fail, a nation can no longer remain great. It's a major crisis in our nation today. So many children are being raised. And I'm not faulting people. I'm really not. But it's, but it's, it's, it's been something that's been, the destruction of the family has been one of the major victories of the enemy in our nation. If fathers won't turn to God and fulfill their responsibilities to their God and to their families, then our nation will be weaker and weaker and weaker. So I'm praying. I'm praying for God to come. I'm praying for men to turn their hearts to God, become godly, Christ-like men of God who serve God and love their families and lead them in the ways of God. So, Father, I thank you for fathers today. I thank you for all those who are in that position of raising their children. If you're a father like I am, whose kids are grown and they're out of the house, then pray for them. Pray diligently for them. And God will go to work. He will. You're still their father. They may not be living with you, but you're still their father. And you still have influence in their lives. So bring them before God. Pray for them. Pray that God will surround them and protect them. Bless them. And, and, let, and they would serve God all the days of their life, so that all of our children will make it into heaven. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for being, for, for the privilege of being a father, for the privilege of representing you on, on earth to my family. I, I thank you, Lord, for helping me be the father that you've called me to be, so that my family will serve you and love you and spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.